Hello all, and welcome to the Man Eater Digest podcast. My name is Maggie Turner, and this week, news, move, and sports fill us in on their latest coverage. We'll begin with Move. Katie Galloway and Lucy Valeski join me today to talk about the Roots and Blues Festival in town this weekend. So Katie, can you give our listeners a brief summary of the Roots and Blues preview article? Yeah, sure. The Roots and Blues preview um, is just a brief article that provides readers with information about the upcoming festival. Um, It's an annual music festival held here in Columbia that features a wide variety of musicians. And that's pretty much it. Great. So then, Lucy, while doing while writing this article, was there anything you learned in researching and writing this article that surprised you? Um, I think the most important information um, that uh, listeners should know, it has to do with kind of the COVID-19 policy. Um, and obviously, with the pandemic last year, the festival was canceled. Uh, this year, it's back on, but they do have safety measures. It is an outdoor festival, and all attendees must provide proof of vaccination or negative tests taken within 72 hours of the attendance date. Um, They're also recommending masks for every visitor, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, the other exciting thing that we learned had to do uh, with the all- Uh, women lineup for the musicians. So then Katie, do you think that it's significant that the lineup is an all-female one? I mean, absolutely. I think it's great that they're trying to put focus on female musicians and female artists this year. Um, They sort of talked about how um, it's not something they're doing every year, but it's just something special that they wanted to do for this year's festival by sort of um, lifting up female artists and putting the spotlight on them. So awesome. So are either of you going to be going to the festival this weekend? Are you excited? Um, I believe I will be attending uh, for the photo section to cover uh, the festival. Um, But I'm kind of there to cover instead of to go as for fun. But I'm very excited to attend. Yeah, I can still have fun while you attend. I definitely will have fun. (laughs) (laughs) So for my last question for both of you, do you guys want to talk generally about what it was like collaborating and what was what was it like writing with another writer on this article? I mean, I had a lot of fun working with Lucy. Um, I was actually originally set to work with someone else, but they took a step back from the story early on just because their schedule. Um, but I was super thankful that Lucy took the initiative and stepped up to help me with it. And so I think overall the process went pretty smoothly other than just struggling to find a few people to interview on short deadline. But we didn't really have any conflicts and our writing styles went together pretty well. So I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, I think we were also both very motivated to um, get the story out on time. So I think with a lot of uh, good communication, we were able to accomplish our goals. Awesome. Well, that's really great. So thank you, Katie and Lucy. Next, we'll move to our news story with news reporter Yasmin Sadi to talk about Mizzou's chapter of Phi Gamma Delta or Fiji. First, we'd like to warn listeners that this story discusses sexual assault. If this subject is uncomfortable for you, we encourage you to skip this interview. Hey, this is Maggie's editor. If you'd like to skip this interview but listen to the rest of the podcast, you can skip to time code 807. So, Yasmin, was it hard to collect data for this article? Yeah, so for this article, um, I had data both on a national level and then I had a few um, reports and things about Mizzou specifically. So I'd say on the national level, when talking about the allegations at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and at the University of Iowa, it was a lot easier to uh, find 
numbers and data because the allegation started about a month ago. It was the end of August. Um, so since then, protests have, um, have risen and um, there have been a lot of articles and reports that I was able to go and find. Um, I think the only thing that was difficult when looking at those two fraternity chapters was trying to piece together the articles and figure out a way to um, order them chronologically. Um, but as for Mizzou, I'd say it was a little bit trickier. Um, we don't always have all of the numbers, and um, as many know, um, not every incident goes uh, reported. So putting together interviews and listening to what people had to say without making the article kind of have that he said, she said type of feel um, was a challenge for me, but I think I was able to find some evidence um, and piece that together a little bit better within the article. Do you think that there is an issue with sexual harassment from frats on this campus? I definitely do think there is. Um, I'm a strong supporter of always um, believing the victim and just hearing personal accounts of girls, their friends being um, assaulted or them being harassed. Um, I think that itself definitely um, shows that there's a problem with sexual harassment. Um, <clears throat> I know specifically if we're talking about reports, last weekend there was a report at um, Alpha, Alpha Gamma Rho. Um, I'd have to look back at that police report, but I know something was reported to the police. And um, now that there are parties being canceled because of girls being drugged, I see that problem is really becoming more prominent at, at this campus. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's really important that the university holds fraternities themselves accountable rather than pinning it on girls going to parties or any of those surface level issues, I think it's really important to put into place um, rules that show that, it's, that things like drugging drinks or sexual harassment is not tolerated at this campus. Right, so because of all of these recent incidents that you have already discussed, and because of this, Mizzou did send out an email addressing how frat parties and I think also frat tailgates are supposed to be canceled for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this policy is going to do anything? I think that this policy is a very temporary fix to a problem that has been going on for way too long. Um, as I said earlier, it's kind of pinning it on girls for going to parties rather than the guys at the frats actually, you know, um, taking advantage of girls, which is the actual problem at hand. Um, so I think that just delaying issues is not the right way, the right way to go about it. Um, it's definitely something that needs to be thought over and something in something needs to happen to hold the fraternity members more accountable. 
Thank you for talking with us here today. I understand that this is definitely a sensitive topic, not just for people on this campus, but for women attending college and just women in general worldwide. Thank you, Yasmin. Thank you for having me. Now we will hear from our sports writer, Ethan Burke, to hear about Mizzou's newest quarterback recruit, Sam Horn. So, Ethan, what does the addition of Sam Horn to the football team mean going forward for Mizzou? Well, I think Sam Horn's addition to the football team means a lot of positivity as there's going to be more depth in the quarterback position. And also, he adds to coach one of Coach Strickland's first recruiting classes and one of the better ones so far as we are currently ranked number 17th nationally in the 2022 class. You mentioned in your article that there are going to be challenges with Sam Horn becoming the quarterback and because of the current quarterbacks on the team right now. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, well, so far, Connor Bazelak is the main starter for the team, and he is performing at a high level right now. And then you got a freshman quarterback, Tyler Macon, who's also who's really hungry for that role and is taking Bazelak, Bazelak is taking him under his wing right now to learn a lot of things. He just got his first start and did pretty well. And then all of a sudden, you got a four-star quarterback, Sam Horn, who could have gone to Alabama, Clemson, Florida, but chose to be in, at Mizzou. And that creates a challenge as there's three talented quarterbacks on Drinkwitz's roster. So then do you think that Sam Horn has a chance at becoming Mizzou's next quarterback, or is he going to have to wait a couple of years before he can even try to have the role? He would probably wait a couple of years until he gets that role, but again, you never roll. Now, obviously, I do not want, nobody wants this to happen, but you never know if Bazelak or Macon gets injured or if they transfer. And you just never know, especially the way the transfer portal works these days. So if that's the case, then Horn would be able to start earlier. But as of now, the way things are looking, if I had to take a guess, Sam Horn would have to wait a couple of years until it's his time to shine. All right, but overall, still, his addition is going to positively affect Mizzou's football team? I think so. There's things you got to think about, too. Now you have three talented quarterbacks on this roster, all competing for it. You have Connor Bazelak, who's the main starter, and you basically have Tyler Macon and Sam Horn coming and competing for that backup spot. And another day, you just never know when it's your time to hop on that field and go. A lot of things you got to think about. Makes sense. Makes sense, especially for our football team. Thank you, Ethan. And thank you to all of those who have been listening along. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in next week for a new episode. This podcast was edited by Ellie Lynn. Special thanks to Katie Galloway, Lucy Valeski, Yasmin Sadi, and Ethan Burke. I'm Maggie Turner. We'll see you next week.